Hey, welcome to the new CNADHD podcast. I'm your host, Liz Lewis, and I don't want to produce another boring podcast. I want to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of living the ADHD life. And yeah, I definitely want to have a cocktail while I do it. My goal is to bring together the best experts and the best information about ADHD and to make it understandable and actionable. Hello, welcome to episode 301 of the C and ADHD podcast. And today I wanted to address a topic. I'm, I'm doing this completely on my own today. I wanted to address the topic of sort of living reactively and living in crisis because I'm going to say the vast majority of the emails I get from people are emails that say things in the subject line like help or, you know, some other sort of, um, sometimes it kind of scares me, um, the stuff they put in the subject line. What I'm saying is a lot of us are living in a very reactive way and we are totally in crisis. I mean, crisis mode in our head, even if it's not really the reality, we are in crisis mode. So I've been sitting on this and sort of thinking about it for a while, and I finally sat down and wrote it all out, and I came up with like five tips. I don't even like the word tips. I really don't like tips and tricks. I actually don't like giving advice at all, (laughs) but I came up with five, I'm going to say tips, to help you move from crisis mode to a more calm state in your life with ADHD. It is possible. So hear me out on this. Okay, the first thing I I just, I want to say this right up front. ADHD is what I would call a circumstance. And when I say circumstance, what I mean is it's not something you really have control over. Your neurological system is not something you have direct control over. It is a circumstance, sort of like your eye color and hair color is a circumstance. You do not have control over that. And so once you sort of look at ADHD as this circumstance, it becomes easier to separate it a little bit from your identity. And that's number one. You need to really think about in your life, what are the things that you can control and the things you cannot control? ADHD is one of those things you cannot control. You can't control that, the ADHD. You can't control your family of origin, right? You can't control your programming and your life experiences. You can't control your physical characteristics, as I said. And guess what else you can't control? You cannot control other people, (laughs) no matter how much you want to. Remember in, you know, like middle school or high school when you wanted that guy or that girl to like you or to pay attention to you. You can't, you have no control over that. <laughs> you, you really don't. And as adults, we still go through the motions every day of trying to control other people. And it's just, ugh, it's just so frustrating. But if you start to really think about that as you go through your day and things pop up, and you're feeling flustered, and that amygdala sort of goes crazy in your head, can I actually control this situation? If I'm interacting with another human, I don't have control over that other human. I don't have control over something that that happened days or weeks or months or years ago. So take that pause and ask yourself, when 
when you're in crisis mode in the middle of your day, is this completely within your control? These are the things you can control. You can control your actions. So obviously, if, you know, a meeting is getting heated at work, you don't want to throw your pen across the table, slam your fist on the table, yell at someone, get in their face. You, you can control those actions. I know it feels like you can't, but that's part of managing your ADHD, right? That impulsive stuff. You can control those actions. You can control your responses to other people. You can't control what they say to you and how they treat you, but you can control your response and you can control how you make decisions and your own attitude. That's a huge one. Life with ADHD is about attitude. Like you have to manage your own attitude. So that is number one. In every situation, especially when you're feeling like under pressure and you're in the middle of a crisis, ask yourself, how much of this is within my control? And really what it usually comes down to is the only, the only thing you can control is your own behaviors, your own behaviors and your own actions. Okay, number two, I want you to practice becoming really, really conscious of your patterns, your thought patterns and your patterns of behavior. A lot of this stuff we do very automatically. Our voice changes when we're stressed out. I think when I record a podcast, I probably speak a little faster than I want to because I get nervous. And I notice that in myself. And I notice my thought pattern when I'm recording this. Oh, Liz, you sound like a moron. I become very aware of the way I think and that sort of inner voice. That inner voice, a lot of times, will, will give you some clues about some of your core beliefs about yourself. So it's really important that you listen to, to these thoughts and these patterns of thought in your head. Core beliefs are things like your belief about your worthiness, your lovability, your competence and ability to get through life on your own. A lot of us, and it's not just ADHD, but a lot of us have really wonky core beliefs. At the core of things, you know, most of us don't don't know or we think that maybe we're not worthy or lovable or competent. And so, You can figure a lot of this stuff out about yourself if you allow yourself to listen to the thought patterns. And then ask yourself, is this way of thinking working out for you? (laughs) You know, I say that to myself all the time. Liz, is this like negative thought vortex you have yourself in? How's that working out for you? Has that um, helped you to step out of your comfort zone and grow your business? (laughs) Um, have Have my negative thought patterns made me a better mom? Certainly not. You know, when I go down the, the, the crazy rabbit hole with my child, you know, in my head, that's all, none of that is, it's not helping me to show up and be the mom I want to be. If you need to practice this, take a moment right now, like pause the podcast and, and like, really, what are you thinking about? As you hear me talk, what are the thoughts going through your head? I'm going to be silent. What are you feeling? Because your thoughts produce your feelings. Okay. I'm going to move on. Become conscious of those thoughts. Number three, manage your emotions. So 
like I just said, the thoughts become the feelings, the emotions. But the thing about emotional management is it's an everyday practice, and most of us don't do it every day. We live, as I said, very reactively. And we tend to go from maybe calm to angry really quickly. Um, It's like a switch with some of us. Our attention is on or our attention is off. Sometimes there's really no in-between, and we think in very black and white ways. It's an everyday practice to start to manage your own emotions and your own emotional reactivity. And with ADHD, you know, we have some of these executive function challenges to us managing our emotions. It all happens so quickly, you know, in under a second. In less than two seconds, you've gone down the thought vortex and decided that, you know, you're a loser and you're never going to be good at anything and you might as well not even try. So learning about how you think and how your brain works and then maybe talking to a therapist. This is where therapy and things really become important with ADHD. From what I can can tell in my research, uh, CBT and DBT are the ones, the most uh, research-backed therapies for ADHD. Um, So when you're learning to manage your emotions, therapy can be incredibly helpful because you can sort of integrate all that life experience, those circumstances I was talking about. You can integrate all that stuff into the ADHD and really look at yourself from the outside looking in like, oh my gosh, this set of circumstances plus this diagnosis has produced this in me. And all of a sudden, it's like the light bulb goes on. Oh, this is why when my husband sighs in the kitchen, in my mind, I go to very dark places because that, that sigh means more to me than it would to someone else. It's, it's, a, it's the sort of confluence of my life circumstances, my ADHD, and my ability to manage my emotions. That was number three, manage your emotions. Number four, sometimes you do have to take action, and that's hard. We're not good at the activation, most of us anyway. We don't, we don't have enough norepinephrine and dopamine flowing around in there to get our, ourselves moving. So the best way I have found to take action is to actually educate myself around ADHD and about ADHD. I've read all the books, the conference every year. I, you know, cyberstalk. I actually have on my website my favorite ADHD specialists and doctors. It's, I think it's called ADHD Experts I Like to Cyberstalk. It's a free downloadable. Um, go to my website and get that because that's what I do. Like I spend all my time cyberstalking these experts. So I'm pretty good at picking them out. I listen to podcasts. I make my own podcast and I seek out quality care. I, um, not that I'm a doctor shopper, but I'm very picky about the, the health professionals I deal with here in my hometown. And I have learned that advocating for myself actually makes me feel better. You know, when I tried to hide the ADHD, I was a lot more, um, wrapped up in the shame part of it. Now that I just, I just say it, I don't shout it from the rooftops, but now that I, I'll at least own it, I can show people that I'm doing my best, that I'm working at it. So I'm taking action. I'm advocating for myself. I, you know, run support groups and I'm basically out in the middle of everything. And that kind of action has actually helped me with the, the shame and some of the self-esteem stuff. Now, 
I'm not perfect. I have a long way to go. But as soon as you learn to communicate better, it's like the shame gets a little bit easier. And what does Brene Brown say about shame? Shame happens between people and it's healed between people. So taking action, learning to communicate, educating yourself and advocating for yourself, that is like everything. And it, it, for me, it really has changed my life. And I think for most of the women I work with, they would say the same. Number five, this is the last one. As you go through life, you need to look forward, not backward. Humans, we have that negativity bias. So the negative stuff stands out in our minds a lot, a lot more than the positive stuff. You probably remember, you know, the day somebody bullied you in school more clearly than you remember the day you graduated from law school. Because for some reason, the human brain is wired that way. We remember the negative stuff. And then we define ourselves based on our past, right? Every day, we sit, for me anyway, I mean, I sit around and I, I worry about failing. I worry about uh, reaching out to experts for my new membership community. I worry about sending an email to my mentor. Um, I, I sit around and I do all this and I'm basing all of this fear, all of this anxiety on things that happened in the past, sometimes upward of 30 years ago. So instead of looking backward, I am trying really hard every day, and I advise you to do the same. Look forward, not backward. Plan for emotional upheaval. It's part of life. Your kids aren't going to listen to you. Your spouse is going to fight with you. Your neighbors are going to throw their dog poop in your yard. Like, there's going to be stuff. There's going to be traffic on the highway and accidents. You know, an old friend or a loved one is going to pass away. There, is, there are going to be times of emotional upheaval. And we have to be really mindful and present on the days when there is no emotional upheaval so that we are prepared. We have built up sort of a, I don't know what to call it, um, a buffer. We need to plan to make mistakes and learn to fail better. Because, you know, for all the times in my life I've failed and I've had all this shame, none of those failures resulted in, in life-altering things. I would say... I'm trying to think of what my biggest, okay, I, I do know what I feel right now is my biggest failure. Um, you know, I go to college twice, get two different college degrees, and still manage to be basically unemployed. For me, that feels like a failure. Yes, I have this podcast. Yes, I have a website and a membership community. But in my mind, I'm still living in the failure, Right? Again, I'm not looking forward, I'm looking back. So there's an example (laughs) of someone who, I am a person who has a hard time looking forward. I define myself by my failures. And I want to say one more thing about looking forward. You need to maintain a sense of humor. You just do. (laughs) If you don't have any sense of humor, um, ADHD or not, I don't don't know how you make it through life. I'm really, I'm not not sure. Um, And community support. I have support groups. There are free groups on Facebook, though most of you know how I feel about Facebook groups. Community support and finding your people. I don't always like to use the word tribe, but finding your your people is really important. And it's not always just, you know, oh, I'm in crisis. Here we go. I'm in crisis. This happened today. And typing it into the Facebook group and waiting for responses. Sometimes it's nice to sit with five or six other women and see each other. 
you know, see what you look like and look each other in the eye and have a conversation. And it's just really healing. I don't know. And I think when you get a group of people together, you are more likely to be future-focused. You're more likely to be talking about your goals for the week or your goals for the month instead of reliving or hashing out stuff that happened 20 years ago. I think, in my experience with my groups, we tend to be present and future-focused. We don't talk about the past that much. And I think that happens for a reason. It's just maybe, maybe that's what happens. The group think is healthier than the individual think. So I know that what I'm saying here, these five pieces, this number one, figure out what you can control and what you can't. Number two, become conscious of your thoughts and thought patterns. Number three, manage your emotions. Number four, take action. Number five, look forward and not backward. I realize that this is all like in some ways high level. Like you're thinking, Liz, what about right now? Today, I can't pay my electric bill. But again, that's a circumstance, right? So you can choose your reaction to it. I know that this is tough. Um, And we are really tough on ourselves, we with ADHD. And self-improvement and personal growth is very intangible. (laughs) Um, It's hard to measure that. For me, I can only measure my growth over really long periods of time. Like from the time I started my website, four years later, I can now see some growth in myself, but it took me four years to recognize the growth. I've, I've lost money every year for the last four years on, on my, my business, but I keep going. I know that this sounds really, really crazy, but I'm telling you, you can make a conscious effort to move from reaction, chaos, crisis mode to a a calmer state of life with ADHD. It is not impossible, but it does take work. So I will try to post these five tips, one, two, three, four, and five in the show notes, or maybe I'll just make it a post on the website. I don't know. I'm going to do something with it. I hope that this um, at least made you think a little bit. Life does not always have to be chaos. I promise you, I promise you. It does get better. All right, next week, I'm really excited. I have a guest. I think he's a magician. That should be really exciting. I don't know any magicians, but we're going to talk about life and magic and ADHD. So we have so much exciting stuff happening. Terry Matlin is a good friend of mine, and she and I are launching a new private membership community for women with ADHD. This is not a normal support group because we meet live. We meet live four or five hours of the week, meaning Terry and I are on camera talking, answering questions, laughing, having a good time. This is not the traditional, you know, type, 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 and wait for a response. This is live conversation with other women. It's awesome. We are calling it the ADHD Enclave. I will put a link to it in the show notes. The feedback so far has been great. So stick around. Good things are happening in our community. Like I always say, we are stronger together.